welcome to episode 25 of Driz Done Right, a podcast all about your favorite drow, Drizzt Dowerden. My name is Justin, and in this episode, we'll be diving deep into chapter 25 of Homeland, titled Weapon Masters, and discussing all of our favorite plot points, characters, and more. And I'm Jeffrey, the other half of this dim lighting, dungeon-delving duo that likes to bring you the drizzed of the chapter, and focus on how aspects of it will relate to our favorite tabletop role-playing game, D&D 5e. Following along with the show is easy. Just grab a copy of the book, read the next chapter, and tune in every week. But remember, we want to hear your thoughts, too. Share your favorite parts of the chapter via email at drizzdunright at gmail.com. For those of you who are looking to go beyond the page, we've got the Discord channel. Inside, you can continue the discussion at your own pace. We've got a spoiler room for those of you who want to run ahead. All the latest updates about the podcast. A creature feature where we showcase some of the more iconic denizens that we come across while on our journey through the Underdark together. And we just recently added a link to sign up for our D&D one-off. We're looking to do a a Melee Magthier-inspired grand tournament where one character will be left standing at the end. We love to interact with you, so if you want to do even more, then come on down, join the Dim Light Squad. Justin, what kind of mischief have you been getting up to lately? Honestly, not too much. I'm pretty much stuck inside and uh, not doing too much. <laughs> Just studying and, uh, yeah, the, uh, I don't know if you've been getting much of the smoke from Canada. Yep. Even <laughs> oh, yeah, all the way down here them? in Baltimore. Yeah. It, wow. It's, uh, it's okay. Like, no, well, I walked I, out uh, this morning and uh, it literally, I got up, uh, I, I left the house at about 6.30 in the morning. And okay. it literally looked like, you know, the sun just came up over the horizon. But you could see it yeah. up in the sky, right? Yeah. It was just very yep. dim and looked like an the, orange the drow, moon from the night before. The drought would love it, right? Like, <laughs> well, it does look menacing, so they they would be a little <laughs> well, freaked of course. out. But it did. It, it literally <laughs> smelled like my entire neighborhood decided to switch to wood pellet stoves overnight. Right. So I walked right. out. It's was... like, why can I smell burnt? Right. Right. The fires in Quebec. It's insane. And it's insane. And really quick though, Canada is our second largest audience at the moment. So just want to shout out. Hope you guys are doing okay. The smoke oh, up absolutely. there might oh, be word. a little bit worse than it is down here. So forgive us while we complain about it a little bit. Well, what I was thinking was, I don't, I don't know exactly where the fires are located, but you know, if there's fires going through a forest, I'm sure there's people that have their houses in the, you know, in some of the woods, and I'm just like. Okay, they definitely have it worse off than we do. Yeah, but uh, I got I got to see yeah. the so I got sucked into it a little bit when you know you uh, can't help but uh, research a little into it. And it's like I guess the, the wildfires are near Quebec in that area. Okay, and um, okay. you can see it from space. So the the know, satellites right? had well, taken I, photos of the the, the massive yeah, smoke so clouds wild. coming out, and so then you watch the Weather Channel and it shows how the the currents yeah. bring it and so it's you know for me i'm fascinated and you know i, I apologize for bashing on people on facebook <laughs> but i have these friends that you know i know or have worked with and they're like oh mm-hmm. right like sure there's you know the the smoke's coming down from canada right now it's probably some government conspiracy because it's like do you not know how how air currents work? Like, just watch the weather channel it'll show you they have satellites right. that look at like you just all right i guess you know what and to yeah. those of you who are skeptical keep on being skeptical it's cool i love it but it's just to have these people who are sitting there talking to me, then I'm like, bro, I know you. What? Do you, why are you questioning these things? Like, 
You just right. are you just stirring the pot? You're just stirring the pot, aren't you? I feel like it's just stirring the pot. Yeah, yeah. Some people love to troll, and you know what? I have I have been called that from time to time when I interact with people. You know, there's a slightly mischievous part of me who likes to push buttons like a small kid oh, in an no, elevator. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So no, I. Uh, it, it's just it's been tough with the smoke, not being able to go outside, and when I have a car where the air conditioning doesn't work. Ooh. <laughs> And I have a good 50-minute drive, and I'm just like, oh, man. So I'm just, like, turning on the air conditioning, and it's blasting hot or warm air. And it's just like, at least it's filtered. Well, At least it's filtered. And so, I don't know. I was reading again into it. It's like, I think a car filter only brings a certain level of micron to it, so that essentially it doesn't really filter out what you're worried about in any way. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, it's yeah, like so larger was, particles and stuff like that to a degree. And it's like, But nothing too small. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's probably why my chest is, like, hurting as much as it is. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> well, if you've ever so, thought about taking up smoking cigarettes, just feel how you feel now and say no, sir. Say no. <laughs> oh, awesome. I guess you've uh, you've been dealing with the smoke as well. Anything else? No, nah, you've been working at the farm, so today I got out, did a little driving. Uh, anybody who's in the Maryland area, the farm is Breezy Willow Farms. And, uh, you know, just making sure people get their stuff. One of my customers was really sweet. They left a packet of K95 masks outside. And they were like, oh, hey, nice. delivery driver, feel free to help yourself to a K9 mask. Be safe. It's like, why would I wear that? Now, this is this is me saying that because I was completely confused at the moment. Like, why is this right, lady offering right. a mask? And then, then I paid a little further attention. And, they, you know, they were advising that people who were going outside for any kind of... Yep. You know, a prolonged period of time or having to right. do any type of heavy breathing, like, you know, I'm running back right, and forth exactly. from a van, may want to wear a yep. mask. I was like, ah, my day's almost over. But that, that was sweet. You know, that <laughs> there's still people who think about it like that. Like, I have a lady who yeah. leaves me little uh, trinkets. Like, uh, uh, one was a cherry granola. They call them one spoons. And Elizabeth hmm, really, okay. really enjoys them. But the lady will just leave them for me with a little note. Like, hey, uh, delivery driver, <laughs> thank you for dropping off the produce. It's like. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, man. It's those little wholesome things where it's like, you know, they probably have a stash of it in the house or whatever. I don't care. It's the fact that you took a moment to write me a little note and say thank you. Because, right. you know, most people <laughs> do not. <laughs> that, re- that really uh, makes your day. It does. It does. Just those little gifts. Absolutely. All right, Jeffrey. Well, here we are. Episode, what was it? 25? It is 25. Man. Can you believe that? That's crazy. We got we only four have left, four right? more after this. Yeah. Yeah, 26, 27, 28, 29. That's it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into the show the way we always do with The Drizzed. The Drizzed is the part of the show where we take a look at this week's chapter and give you the Drizzed of it. We start this chapter with kind of like a sense of deja vu. The ladies of House to Erden are looking for answers and have called forth one of Lolf's handmaidens. Oh, Ever man. impressive, Yachlal. The Yach- I can't believe they did that again. <laughs> I literally stopped for a minute and went, "Wait a minute, did I screw this up? Did I have the wrong chapter?" Because I, right. I, and I, I literally, I had to read ahead and go, "Okay, nope, we're good." <laughs> nope, they, yep, they summoned the Yachlal again, and this is not going to end well. <laughs> no. So the Yachlal, the Yachlal reminded Matron Malice that Lolf does not answer questions that are already known. And, I mean, this puts Malice in quite the bind. Breeza quickly steps forward to get answers, but Malice cautions a bit more stealth because the guilty party will have been hardened against pain and will not give up the information which they need quickly if they hope Mm -hmm. to survive the impending assault on their house. 
Malice sends away Maya and Vierna, and together with Breezer, they break out the scrying bowl. Now, I didn't quite grasp what they were doing with that. Oh, really? Right. And so, like, later on... Well, we'll get to it. Yeah, Never yeah. mind. <laughs> I'll, I'll point it out to you where I was just like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> if, but, yeah, go ahead. If you haven't read to head to my dungeon, Delph, just you wait and see, buddy. <laughs> so, I mean, Drizzt finds himself back home. Uh, not not in House to Worden, per se, but with his feet in Zach Nefane's training gym. So, technically in House to Worden, but home for Drizzt was those years he spent inside that gym. Drizzt calls out, but Zach Nefane ignores it and begins peppering Drizzt with the platitudes that others are heaping at the feet of the young warrior. Except, Zach is dripping with sarcasm. Mm-hmm. The two drow circle each other and begin their deadly dance. No need to explain the rules. No need to pick out weapons. The battle is quickly engaged. The two weapon masters duel with one another, verbally lashing out and throwing insults as they swing their weapons, parrying verbal jabs and physical blows. Drizzt opened himself up, understanding where this dance will lead, and Zack pressed the advantage, knowing that the double-cross-down parry was Drizzt's least favorite move because it only led to a stalemate. But the surprise on Zack's face was as audible as the sound of his nose as it crunched under Drizzt's foot as it came up. <laughs> Zack swam at the edge of consciousness, and rage brought him back. Rage at himself. Rage at Drizzt. And his foot lashed out, returning a kick of his own except in a much softer, much more fragile area of the anatomy. <laughs> in his rage, Zach Nefane expresses the truth about himself, how he sees his actions in this world around him, this world that he's forced to live in, yet can never really belong to. This revelation allows Driz to tell the truth about the events that Zach has been assaulting him with. And all of this is reflected in the scrying bowl that Matron Malice and Breeza are engaged with. They both had their suspicions, but now they finally had the answer that Malice so desperately sought after. Was this the part where you realized what was going on with uh, them looking in the bowl? No, I didn't even, like, um, they revealed, like, uh, Driz, uh, shoot, what was it? Oh, Driz says how he didn't kill the child. Yep. Right? And then, in cuts Breeza saying, well, there we have it, we now know. And, it, and I was listening to the audiobook. Yep. So I didn't have the clear clue um cue that we switched scenes. Oh, okay. So in that moment, I thought Breeza was standing right there. Oh, okay, okay. And I was just like, "Oh no." <laughs> I mean, still, "Oh no," but it was like, "Oh man, something's going to happen right now." Right. And and then like it goes on to not actually happen right away, but I was just like... And then I um, re-listened to it. I was like, oh. I don't oh, know who you're listening it was to the scrying do the audiobook or how they went about it, but I know for me, I listened to it twice today, and uh, I know we mentioned it before, but Short Bus Zombie in our Dim Light Squad, uh, Russell oh, yeah. Johnson on the Spotify, yep. does have uh, the first book, at least I believe more, read out. And so I was listening to Russell go ahead and go through this chapter twice so I could kind of get a feel for it before I came home to read it and mark down my notes and such. So he did a really good yeah. job, like uh, throwing the voices for Matron Malice and uh, nice. the Yuhlal. It was, it was fun. Awesome. So shout out to, to Russell Johnson. Thanks a lot, Short Bus Zombie. I do enjoy your reading. It is very, yeah. very professional. 
So back in the gym, Zack and Drizzt saw one another with a new set of eyes. Scorn and cynicism removed. Zack continued to explain why he stays in Menzo Berenson, how shackled and caged he is by his responsibility and lack of choices. Drizzt understands, even if he can't fully agree, but they both reach a compromise of sorts with the understanding that they would both sacrifice their life for a chance to let their swords bite into the flesh of the demon spider queen that dominates their world. <laughs> that was pretty fun, where it's just like, if only I just had one chance, one chance at her. Like, so I would take like, it. I believe you. Like, yeah, of course he does. I mean, <laughs> you know, it would be really, and you know, maybe in a future book we'll get to see these things, right? It'd be really cool to see Zach and Fane and Drizzt side by side just going at uh, Lolth, especially since we just right. had her stat block up in the creature feature. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, we just saw how crazy difficult she would be to beat. And so, like, if just one drow, like, no way. I, ex- <laughs> I explained that to, like, several people <laughs> over the last couple of days. Like, this is her yeah. stats. And every one of them replies, well, yeah, she's a goddess. It's like, right. I, I know, well, yeah, but, but I'm still, still shocked. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they're like what did you expect it's like but she's got six arms what do you mean six vorpal scimitars you could throw someone 200 feet like that that's amazing like yeah she's a goddess why are you it's like why is that you so easy to deal damage to her right oh man i need like the hammer of much damaging yeah. <laughs> right oh man what an awesome chapter. Yeah, I listened to it at least three times because I was just like, this is so intense. The uh, the moment where, um, well, I'll talk about that. Never mind. That's We'll talk about that right now in the dim light reel. That's when we talk about all of our favorite parts. So let's get to that and then I can talk about it. All right, here we go. Dim Light Reel is where we cast darkness on our favorite parts of the chapter and dim light all of our favorite characters, events, descriptions, and more. For my dim light, Zach and Drizzt finally talked. I gotta say, Done. as soon as I listened to this chapter, that's what popped into my head. I was like, man, I really hope Justin does this because he has only mentioned at least half a dozen, maybe more times. Right. Like, Why don't they just talk to one another? I don't even have to say anything else. They talked. That's my dim light. I'm done. It's a good dim light. So for <laughs> my... <no. laughs> so, I mean, I've been waiting for weeks for this, as you know, uh, just for these two to finally get on the same page as each other. It finally happened. It's done. It can now be the end of the book. I'm fine. Let's just move on to book two. <laughs> so obviously it's not the end of the book. So let's 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 talk about this a little bit and why uh, why exactly it's my favorite part. Excellent. So as we all know, Drizzt and Zach have been at odds with each other. Um, even though as we uh, even though we as the readers are able to see into the minds of both of them, we are able to see that they have the same values, right? Um, I know that there's a word for that. Uh, like where the author is in the minds of all the characters and passing that on to the reader, I, omniscient narration comes to mind. Like, uh, I mean, it, it would sound right. Something like that, right? The description would be omniscient. So, I mean, I, I think that if we had to take a stab in a wild guess, that's a good guess. It, I mean, I am. You might want to trademark that real uh, quick, just in case <laughs> nobody else has it. Oh, it's definitely. It's, uh, I'm wow. Three years away from 20 years out of high school. So, like, 17 years out of high school. And so... But that would have been the last time I talked about that, probably. But anyway, something like that. Anyway, uh, we knew that Zach was sure that the Academy changed Drizzt 
for the worse. Uh, Zach regretted uh, ever allowing Drizzt to go to the academy, so much so that Zach wished that he had killed Drizzt while training, like, as a mercy. Repeatedly. Just like, right, like, we've heard this so many times. Yeah, Drizzt, on the other 24 hand, chapters, and I'm pretty sure, like, 19 <laughs> times Zach has been like, oh, I should have killed him. Maybe he'll die outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drizzt, on the other hand, after going uh, to the academy, learned all about the horrible stuff that, I mean, the drow in general, but specifically what Zach had done, right? Especially with, like, House Devere. How he killed the clerics and all that. Um, that, of course, caused Driz to view Zack as this terrible monster that killed Drow. Which, of course, would put Zack on par with all the other Drow in society. Um, but Driz thought more of Zack than that. It, maybe Zack should explain that one time, without looking, he was able to snatch the tongue out of a matron mother's mouth with a whip. Because, I mean, that's that's just levels above skill. <laughs> I know, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So, on and on we read. Uh, the, these two constantly just butting heads chapter after chapter. And then we finally, finally got this scene. Uh, Drizzt and Zach were, I like how you said dancing. I also said dancing around each other in a magnificent sword fight. Excellent. But, some, but something was different from their sparring days. Uh, they were swinging to kill. During the fight, Zack started revealing some of his reasons for hating Drizzt, you know, killing the surface elf child. Um, and when Zack finally had his blade at Drizzt's throat, Drizzt revealed that he indeed did not kill the surface elf, but instead masked the murder of the child under the blood of her own mother, along with a few leaves that he found nearby and just kind of... <laughs> no, and that, that was a moment that kind of like hits like a gong when you think about it because at that point they're they're going back and forth and Zach keeps yelling at him and he's like you killed the child and he's just like throwing that insult and Drizzt is like yeah no like, I didn't used by yeah. it right exactly he's like wait a minute but, why are you yelling you, you're wrong you know that right right <laughs> yeah and just like that moment knocked Zach's ego on its heels like all this time, Zack thought the Academy warped Drizzt beyond repair. Zack was so sure of it. He was to the point where he's just like, ah, psh, you know, he's gone. I'm just going to kill him. And then it was just like, bam. And he's like, what? And he's, so when those words left Drizzt's lips, Zack was stunned. The moment he finished processing it all, Zack just went in, just dove in for a hug saying, you have survived, survived the Academy where all the others died. My son. Oh, I just got tingled again. And again, I've listened to that two like, times today from Russell. I, I read it once myself. Yeah. And I still, when you say it that way, it gives me a little, little tingle. Like, got a little bumps on my Tears, little Jeffrey. Little Literal tears were welling up in my eyes. I probably should have pulled the car over. <laughs> uh, it might have been the smoke from Quebec, but we're going to go with the emotions from the chat. <laughs> Uh, it was just so satisfying to finally see this happen. And of course I, um, so much so that I go, I go into it more in my dungeon delve. So I'm going to leave it here and, uh, ask you, what was your dim light this week? Beautiful. Well, mine is the ladies of house to word and get their answer. So Ooh. matron malice and Brisa have brought back the Yachlal again, but this time it is clear that the Yachlal is in a different mood as it growls impudent. The brazier flares as the creature stood behind Malice, again, tentacles draped over her, 
again. Again. And says, <laughs> you dare to summon me again? So even the Yechlal was like, wait a minute, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> House de Worden pleased the Spider Queen. It is true, the Yechlal answered, their unspoken thoughts not waiting for words. But that one act does not dispel the displeasure your family brought upon Lolf in the recent past. Do not think that all is forgiven, Matron Malice Dorden. Oh, man. <laughs> and, I mean, if that's not evident enough, right, Malice felt small, vulnerable, and realized that her power pales in the face of the wrath of one of Lolf's handmaidens, Yilchlal. Mm-hmm. Displeasure, she whispered. How is my family brought displeasure to the Spider Queen? By, by what act? The handmaiden laughed. Spout of flames and flying spiders came forth, but the high priestesses dared not move. They accepted the heat and the crawling things were part of their penance. It just makes me think back to the melee magthier where they would uh, torture the, the people with the, 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 the millipedes and stuff that would bite them. Right. So that they would, that. Oh, yeah. So that the males would yeah, learn yeah. how to meditate in the... In the oh. Right. But so they don't move because they realize it's part of this the process they're going to go through. He says, I have told you before, Matron Malice Dorden, the Achlal snarled with its droopy mouth, and I shall tell you one final time. The Spider Queen does not reply to questions whose answers are already known. <sighs> Suddenly, a blast of explosive energy sent the four females of House Dorden sprawling, and the handmaiden was gone. Like, that reminded me also a little bit of the psychic energy that they were using in the beginning that knocked over the people oh, in right. House Devere. It just kind of ties in on those little loops to me as we go through. Yeah. So I, I started by a little bit earlier with my dim light in order to showcase their need for an answer. The consequences that they were willing to accept in order to get that answer. Matron Malice clearly thought that they had regained the favor of the Spider Queen. But the Halal made it extremely clear that they had not yet begun to climb out of the hole that they had dug for themselves. Matron Malice makes it clear to Breeza that the regular tactics will not work when Breeza grabs her whips and states that she's going to get the answer they need. No, Malice says, we must not reveal our search. Be it a soldier or a member of House Dewerden, the guilty one is trained and hardened against pain. We cannot hope that torture will pull the confession from his lips. Not when he knows the consequences of his actions. And kind of pause there for a moment. Never does she say they. She automatically assumes this is a male drow because males are dumb and inferior oh. to the female drow. So she just, I don't he think I picked will up never, on that. Yep. Huh. Well, I mean, she's not wrong. True too, like, <laughs> right. I know, right? Like, <laughs> that's the worst part. Like, oh, and she's right. <laughs> we must discover the cause of Lolf's displeasure immediately and properly punish the criminal. The Spider Queen must stand behind us in our struggles. I mean, we had seen Brisa trying to pull answers from Risen. We saw Drizzt get questioned. Clearly, the first round of looking for answers didn't work. So now they needed to use a different tact. First, we will look. It did did work for the last chapter to figure out um, who the attacking house, the uh, the house that was planning on attacking them. Oh, yeah, you are so, correct. So, it did bear fruit. So, so it did work there, but with this, with the nature of the 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 question or like 
that's not going to go over too well if that gets revealed. Right. Why is the house, right? Like, why is the house uh, not in Law's favor? It's like, oh, it's because I did that. <laughs> it's like, okay, no, you're dead. <laughs> I forgot to mention, I left the coffee out. My bad. <laughs> First, we will look, Malice says to Breeza. We will see if we can learn of the guilty one from afar. And Breeza understood. The scrying bowl, she says. Inside of the chapel proper, in the central altar, she found the valuable item, a wide golden bowl laced with black pearls. With trembling hands, Breeza placed the bowl atop the altar, reached into the most sacred of its many compartments, and this was holding a bin for the prized possession of House de Worden, a great onyx chalice. Malice joined Breeza and took the chalice from her. Malice dipped the chalice into a sticky fluid, the unholy water of her religion. She then chanted, Spidere aut ikorvent. The ritual complete. Latin? Uh, I have no idea. I think it's, it's like drow Latin. It's kind of like pig Latin, but made by drows. Malice moved back to the altar and poured the unholy water into the golden bowl. This sounds like something straight out of a horror movie, like especially yeah. the sticky fluid. Mm -hmm. R.A. Salvatore calls it the unholy water of her religion. And like it just drives home to me how dark, how twisted the servants of Loth are in their religious devotion to her. The bowl works. Malice and Breeza see the truth. And Breeza says, so now we know. <clears throat> It was Drizzt who angered the Spider Queen. Matron Malice replies, You suspected him all along, as did I, though we both hoped differently. I just Man. thought that was really, really kind of cool because, the, you know, when you think about the entire livelihood of Drizzt, Malice has never been mm, warm towards him. No, right. And has begrudgingly let him go down the path that Zach has lain forth. But, true. you know, doesn't want to slaughter someone that she finds so valuable to her house. Right, exactly. Yet at the same time, it kind of is like, look, when you've got, a, you know, like uh, somebody in your house who's continually messing up and then somebody messes up big time, it's like, yeah. Of course, it's it's it it's Drizzt. It's totally Drizzt. He's the one who did it. Right. Why am I shocked? <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like Dennis the Menace always going after Wilson and stuff in the in the cartoon. Like, oh, yeah, who broke the window? Nah, it's Dennis. But don't yeah, you want to add? Mm, nope, it's Dennis. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, reveal came, like I was saying, it came right after Drizzt, um, told Zach that he did not kill the surface elf. And so like that came, that came out and then it was right over to this, right over to Breeza saying, so now we know it was Drizzt who angered the spider queen. And I was like, no, because <laughs> I was like, finally they talked, and then it's like, shoot, no, because now Drizzt is gonna get killed. I mean, that's what they're gonna try to do, right? Because that, that's all they can do. They need to. Um, they need to regain the favor of the Spider Queen, and at which and point she demands that, a sacrifice. Right. You know, all of this so, could have been avoided if they just listened to Breeza from the beginning. <laughs> what a different book would have been written about Drow. Had, had Breeza just been like, ah, whatever, don't name it, take the heart, throw it up to Loth, bye. Right, yeah. Man, totally different. <laughs> we wouldn't even have a story at that point. No. 
It would have been a small <laughs> excerpt somewhere in a forum, and I'd been like, oh, right, that Drow are evil. <laughs> and then there'd be no more redeeming qualities. No search for no, Drow are evil. Bye. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Awesome dim lights. Let's go ahead and see what we can link uh, this chapter to as far as uh, D&D is concerned. Let's delve into the dungeon. Gonna do the dungeon delve, bro. Oh, man. Are we gonna have bumpers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if they get made organically, it'll probably be because of stuff like that. All right, the Dungeon Delve. It's the part of the show where we link this chapter to our favorite tabletop RPG. So, hey, I loved Zach and Driz finally getting on the same page so much that I decided to also make that my Dungeon Delve. Nice. Wait till you see my Dungeon Delve. <laughs> it is also so Zach when... getting on the... No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> so, when Driz revealed that the Academy did not change his values, uh, Zach did something that many players forget they can do as an action. Zach went in for a grapple. That is much more manly than a hug. I know I was grappling him. <laughs> I was getting ready to toss him. <laughs> so, okay, so it might be a bit of a stretch, but there wasn't much going on this uh, within this chapter as far as D&D is concerned, aside from the scrying bowl, and you already claimed that. Stole so, it. Uh, <laughs> so I went with grappling <laughs> so grapple is actually a pretty cool effect so let's take a look at what it does exactly so if you have your player handbook you can open that up to page 195 and that's where we have uh, a number of different actions that you can take one of them being grapple so to grapple a creature you're you're physically holding on to that creature all right so to grapple the creature doesn't take anything special just a free hand and an action just one hand. Yep. Okay. It's like you're just like grabbing them by the wrist or, you know, you can bear hug them or whatever. Um, but the, the target cannot be more than one size larger than you. All right. And it must also be within reach. So if you're a medium sized creature, you can grab, you can grapple a large creature, but you can't grapple a giant creature or a huge creature or a gargantuan, I think is the, one of the biggest. So. To see if you make the grapple, you roll a strength check, while the defender gets to choose whether they strength their way out and, like, physically, um, you know, just... Stop you. Be, be stronger than you, yeah. right? Uh, or they can also use their dexterity to try to, like, wriggle their way out. If you succeed on grappling them, if your roll is matches their roll or is higher then you succeed on grappling them. The target is grappled and they suffer the effects of being grappled, which really there's not too much. Uh, it just says, I I have a, um, on my uh, DM screen, I have all the um, statuses there. Mm -hmm. And all it says is that the grappled creature has a speed of zero. That's pretty much it. And like the speed of zero and they cannot benefit from speed bonuses. So basically, on their turn, they do not get to move. Now, I don't want to step on your toes with it, but while grappled, also, they do receive disadvantage to um, to their attacks outwards. You will get advantage trying to melee attack them. That's why, as the grappling uh... turtle monk, 
I uh, made sure I could bite people. So even when I bear hugged them, I could then bite them and they would be at a, they would be at a disadvantage because I get advantage on that melee attack from inside like that. I believe that's because you were making them go prone. Oh boy, you might be right because then like okay, so that might be my fault because once I take someone can grapple them, the next move is to push them prone. Right. Because then I yep, can just exactly. basically drag them all over the map and do whatever I'd like with them until yeah. they could try to break that. I, I might be mixing that up. It, it's been a while since you were Tazlu. It, it has. It's my <laughs> Teenage yeah, Mutant with, Ninja Tortle. <laughs> with uh, Prone, the creature's movement is they can crawl unless it stands up and thereby ends the condition. Uh, da, 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 da. Creature has disadvantage on attack rolls and an attack on the creature has advantage on the on the yeah has advantage well it's a so, good thing we're looking prone. at grapple <laughs> <laughs> so no that's perfectly fine because other people might be uh, uh confused about it as well so awesome so while grappled again zero speed you don't get any benefits from speed bonuses uh the condition ends if the grappler is incapacitated so if you as the grappler I don't know, just like fall unconscious, then the grapple ends because you can't really maintain a grapple. All right. Uh, or if there's an effect that moves the grappled creature out of the grappler's reach, then the effect ends as well. The grappled creature can use their action on their turn to attempt to escape the grapple, but there is no way to restrict... Um, there's no way um, that they are their action is being restricted. Right. You know, they're not restrained. I believe restrained is where they can't attack. So if you're grappled, you can still attack. You know, this person standing next to you, holding you by the wrist, like your other arm is still open. Go ahead, attack them. Headbutts like, are uh, open season. Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all, you know, fair game. Stomp then. on a foot. Uh, that was definitely a misconception that I had. <laughs> um, at least in the past I did. So... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Probably the coolest thing about grappling a creature is the grappler can then move wherever they want with the creature, but they move at half speed. So if you're if you have a speed of thirty, then you can move fifteen feet. Okay, mm -hmm. and you can just carry the creature with you or pull them along. All right, as long as they're grappled, you have control of the situation. You get to pull them wherever <laughs> you want. Like a small child who won't listen and keeps trying to take things off the rack at the supermarket, you can grab them, <laughs> grapple them, and just drag them wherever you would like. But I do not recommend that. It's it's probably illegal. It, it, I mean, if you do, do it gently. <laughs> you, you don't want child services to get called on you. Uh, so some cool ways that you could use this effect. Tortle instance, have your tank run in and grapple the big bad, ensuring that any melee attacks are only against the tank. Yep. That's a pretty good strategy. It's worked. It worked for Tazlu. Uh, Tortles you know, do have work. a high starting <laughs> AC, natural shell armor. Yep. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> another thing is... You can grapple and drag your targets toward a hungry dragon or some other, like... Hopefully at that point, vicious... you speak draconic <laughs> and can let the dragon know you are bringing it food. You are not food. <laughs> this, here's your sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like a hungry owl bear or something. Uh, and then one that I thought of was, that was pretty cool. This wouldn't necessarily be a tank that's 
grappling someone, but like a, a, a mage or a, a magic caster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <clears throat> grapple someone, walk them off a cliff. Like you would have to like, grapple them and maintain that grapple until your next turn. Okay. You with me? Mm-hmm. At that point, you walk them off a cliff, release the grapple because that doesn't take an action, and then use your action to thunderstep back up on top of the cliff, leaving them to fall. I think that's pretty cool. I mean, that's what I would try. I don't. I don't see anything wrong with that. Why Maybe not something grapple them, drag them to the edge, and then push them? Well, I feel like pushing would require another strength check. I don't know. I'm not sure because I don't have it in front of me. But uh, you know, I know that you should have some type of advantage at that point towards shoving or moving them. Possibly? Because part of that, again, oh, well. would be knock them prone and <clears throat> move them around. But two of my favorite things have always been if you're near a campfire, you can drag the baddie into the fire or <laughs> drag them right, off yeah. the cliff. <laughs> yeah. It just reminded me of uh, my... Uh, like old school Super Smash Brothers days when uh, when we would play like you have a certain amount of lives and you were Donkey Kong and you had more lives than the other person did and you would just like pick them up hold them on your back and just jump off the cliff and it was just like you know you would lose a life too but you had more lives than them anyway so it didn't matter right sometimes you gotta <laughs> sacrifice not so loth she's very mean she's very mean <laughs> alright so that's my Dungeon Dell for this week Jeffrey I wonder what your dungeon delve is. It is that Zach and Drizzt find... No, no, that was yours. That was yours. Mine is the scrying bowl. So for my dungeon delve, I was a bit enamored with the bowl that Matron Malice and Breeza used in order to spy on Zach and Drizzt. It was a very cool bowl. However, it turns out the, the bowl is just a device. Because in my research, I came across several different items. And what happens is they're all enchanted with the scrying spell. Or you would pour the sticky biscuits on holy fluid into the thing and then cast the spell into that so i uh i was then forced to make an executive decision and i decided that actually i'm going to focus on the scrying spell mm-hmm. okay because <laughs> otherwise it's a gold bowl and it's worth about as much as well you can get for it in gold <laughs> that would have been a right. very short dungeon delve uh, like yeah. here's how to sell a bowl to the town guy nope 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 <laughs> so <laughs> scrying is a fifth level divination spell it takes about 10 minutes to cast. So you, you have to be somewhere that you feel relatively safe. The target uh, the target is a creature that you choose who is on the same plane of existence as you. This part coincides with the book because the components require a focus worth at least 1,000 gold pieces. Examples that are given are a crystal ball, a silver mirror, or a font filled with holy water, or in this case, unholy water. Oh, okay. This spell requires concentration, takes up the, uh, that lasts up to 10 minutes, and can be cast by a bard, a cleric, a druid, a warlock, or a wizard. With this spell, you can see and hear the creature you targeted. This target must make a wisdom saving throw, which is modified by how well you know the target and the sort of physical connection that you have to it. So if a target knows you're casting this spell... This, this is always odd to me. It can fail the saving throw voluntarily if it wants to be observed. So maybe you're huh. out there doing dirty deeds and uh, you, you, you know that Matron Malice is going to be scrying on you. You're like, this lady is paranoid. You know what? I can feel her looking. I'm going to let her watch and then I'm going to do something 
to mislead her. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know any now, other way I'm going to just voluntarily let them scry. Right. Now, um, yeah, maybe if you just got feel- done a good workout and you were posing in the mirror, like, oh, they want to see? <laughs> ah, gun show. Of course, they don't really know what a mirror is, right? <laughs> no, they, oh, right. No, because he ran face first into it. <laughs> now, um, shoot, what was I going to say? Um, oh, how do we feel about her, about them all just immediately watching Drizzt? Like, it just right? it works I mean, right away, right? Right? Now. Like, so I'm going to get into these modifiers because at first I was like, all right, so it doesn't really match up, right? Drizzt and Zach should have both had a chance to break that. Well, yeah, and that too, right? But it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, they were very busy. Yeah. Right? Like any kind of like attempt to get into their minds, like they probably wouldn't have even noticed because they were just so in the heat of battle there that, yeah, they probably just, it went unnoticed. But just the fact that they came out of this conversation with the Yachlal and they're just like, we need to figure out who pissed off Lolth. And then they just go right to Drizzt. Well, that, <laughs> that goes back to like, uh, again, the Dennis, the menace argument. If you've got somebody right. that runs around the neighborhood consistently getting in trouble and you find out that there's dog poop that is burning on your front step, the list of suspects can be pretty short. <laughs> right. Oh man. So with this, uh, with do, 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 Went back to the other paragraph. The knowledge modifier is broken down in the following ways. Secondhand knowledge means you have heard of the target. This actually gives them a plus five to the saving throw. Okay. First hand means that you have met the target. Zero. Oh. No benefit. So you're both on even playing grounds there. So if I'm trying to right. scry somebody that I have heard of, it's going to be harder to do. They're going to have a natural resistance against that. They get a plus okay. five. If I know them... Or met them. Well, now I know them. I right. got a face. And so easier yeah, to try exactly. to do that. But we're on an even playing field there. Yeah. And then there's familiar. This means you know like the target. Well, yeah, like a family member. Yeah. They would then get a negative five to their okay. check. And that sounds tough, right? But just wait. There's more. <laughs> so you see that the better you know the target that you're looking in on, the easier it will be for you to be successful in using the spell. This means that uh, Drizzt and Zachnafane would have definitely received a negative five for their save. In addition to this, it also gives a connection save modifier. These things make it even harder for the target to make a save. So Hmm. maybe you have a likeness or a picture of who you have a family member as. This will give an additional negative two to the person making the save. Maybe you've got a possession or a garment, piece of clothing, a comb that they use, and their their white drow hair. This actually would okay. then boost it to a negative four. So at that point, they'd be receiving negative nine to their uh, ability to stop you from scrying on them because you've essentially oh, okay. now got this little voodoo talisman, and you're like, Mm-mm, gotcha, buddy. Or if you have a body part, a lock of hair, a bit of nail or something similar in those regards, it is a negative 10. A body part? Yeah. <laughs> like a toe? Yep. That is literally what I put. I have body part? <laughs> so, oh, I wasn't even reading. No, Sorry. Like, that, that does. It sounds unpleasant. But uh, you know, if you have a piece of hair from someone that you know very well, they would have a negative 15 to their save attempt to stop you from scrying on them. 
Wow, that's like an automatic fail just about. So in the middle of combat, not knowing what's going on, I, I imagine that essentially instead of having them just try a check and fail, R.A. Salvatore, not to say he bypassed that part, maybe it didn't work the right. same way in the in the rules back then. But right, of course. Boom, automatic. I mean, it's almost an automatic. When Then you take into consider that right. it is not just a priestess doing this. It is a high-ranking priestess in Brisa, as well as DC a matron. is going to be high. Yeah, like yep. between the two yep. of them, it's really not even worth rolling. I mean, you could try, I guess, but, you know, it's kind of like a level two character taking a swing at Lolf. I mean, good luck with that with that armor class. I don't know how you're going to get above 20-something with it, but hey, maybe. Right. So on a successful save, well, the spell can't be used against you again for 24 hours. Okay. On a failed save, the spell creates an invisible sensor within 10 feet of the target. You can see and hear through the sensor as if you were there. The sensor moves with the target, remaining within 10 feet of it for the duration. Huh. A creature that can see invisible objects, apologize, I don't know a creature like that off the top of my head, but they will see the sensor as a luminous orb about the size of your fist. And I, me, you know, I found this really interesting. Would the creature know what the luminous orb means? It could see invisible objects, so it would see something. Would it know what it's looking at? Probably depends on the creature. Like... And that makes sense because you know, it, for me, it didn't explicitly state it either way, but I would have to guess that, you know, it'd probably be one of the classes that can cast it. And so, right. That, and then they would recognize yep, it, right? Maybe an arcane check would come in handy or, you know, they would just recognize it because they have the spell. So, right. It, huh. it also gives you the option that, you know, instead of targeting a creature, you could just choose a location that you've seen before as the target of this spell. And when you do, oh, does it? Yep. That uh, the sensor appears at that location and doesn't move. So the other way that this could have played out, maybe they weren't looking at Drizzt or at Zach. Maybe they were just looking at the training gym, oh, knowing that both of them had gone to there. fight. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't say that if you choose a target, okay. a location, that anybody would get a, a save. So I would imagine right, it's one of no those two then. ways. Menzo Berenzon has to make a save. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's probably saving. It, that place is evil. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a very cool spell. It's definitely not something you're going to use in combat because with that ten minute casting time, yeah, you would literally um, be out for is it six actions to a minute, so sixty sixty rounds. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then um, no, it's a hundred rounds. I mean, I'm sorry, six seconds. Oh, a hundred rounds. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. rounds of action. Well, your party's fighting right. something, and you're like, uh, you know what, guys, I will be over here. Doing a little chanting, playing with some fluid in a bowl. Don't mind me. Yeah. A hundred and one turns from now, I will come help you. (laughs) Can you get rid of that earth elemental? Like, I'm trying Ah, to cast this here. A hundred rounds, I'll be right back. That's probably what Massage was trying to do when Driz was fighting the earth elemental, and he just disappeared by accident. Right. Completely innocent part on Massage. Right. Um, But, I mean... What a handy spell, especially in the case where if you knew this spell and you happen to meet the big bad of the campaign, oh, and oh, oh. you know what I mean, yeah. and you could scry- I mean, depending on how, um, depending on the um, ability of the big bad, you might be able to actually catch a scry on them. And I mean, letting them know might not be something. the worst thing either, because like if they failed it and they knew you tried it, well, what are they going to do? come to you cool right i need to fight him anyway <laughs> i was looking for where he's at <laughs> right <laughs> so um 
I mean, the the location thing is pretty cool as well. Being able to just like tap into a to a location and like spy on spy on it for ten minutes. I mean, it's um, essentially like the magic version of CCTV, right? You know, they've just got the cameras yeah. up everywhere. You know, you know, there's some up right. there somewhere, but you don't know which ones are active. They're just watching. Now, now, of course, it's only ten minutes long, but I'm just I'm trying to think of another way you could use this. But, um, yeah, spying on people. <laughs> it comes in handy. I mean, if you wanted to hear what they're saying behind your back, if you needed to find <laughs> out, you know, if uh, somebody you didn't trust was going to again, go talk oh, to the queen yeah. and, or the king or somebody in the charge and be like, you know, let me make sure that what I told him he's not taking credit for, or, you know, just little things like, right. hey, maybe you got a rogue in the party and you think that that son of a gun's been stealing from you every chance they get and you decide to just, right. I don't know, scry their bedroll or something and see what happens yeah, when exactly. they walk away from the group, you know, catch them putting all your treasure into their chest. <laughs> when you roll an insight check and it something just doesn't seem right, <laughs> just drop a scry on them and see where it goes. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> I think that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank everyone for listening. And remember that if you like the show, give us a five-star rating. Subscribe to our channels. Uh, hit those notification buttons. Uh, yeah. And uh, also, make sure you're getting the most out of this podcast. Pick up a copy of the book and read along with us. But hey, if you don't have time to read, you can do like I do and get the audiobook. Listen to it during your commute, while at work, at the gym, or wherever you are. I just bit my tongue a little bit. That really hurt. <laughs> you should have been listening to the book instead of chewing in your tongue. I guess so. <clears throat> when you've read the next chapter, shoot us an email at drizdunright at gmail.com. Or you can log on to our Discord and join in on the ongoing discussion. Remember, we would love to hear from you. And as we come upon the final chapters of this book, you know, my heart swells with pride just a little bit, hoping that what we're doing is a job well done. Chapter by chapter, we've shared our time and insight into the story that has captured us all. And moving forward, we plan to pick up the pace just a bit. The next book, we'll be starting to break it down into sections that R.A. Salvatore has broken into parts, which are led by what we call the Insight Check by Drizzt. That's our name for it. When we cover it, but... You know, it feels like a good way to break the book down. For those of you who want to give the show, give to the show. To help us out with what we do, there, there's several ways that you can go about it. We have the link inside the episode description. It says support the podcast, and that's a way for you to give them uh, money to the show and help us upgrade the show. We, uh, you can also join the Dim Light Squad in the Discord. You can share the episodes as they come out with your friends, family. You can send That's us probably the best thing, right? Just like share it. Like, well, we'll get to that. And so, I mean, you can also send us emails, or you can like, comment, and review wherever you see our episodes. But to me, best of all, you can just keep pressing play as the next yeah. episode comes out. Whatever level you give, listen, we appreciate you all. So, farewell until next time. Play fair. Be well, friends. <laughs>